Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Match Week 10 has concluded with some interesting results, including the Manchester Derby and Spurs maintaining their position at the top end of the table. So let's start our match week review with the Manchester Derby, which, let's be honest, was light work for Pep's team. A walk in the park, as some would say. The match finished 3-0 to Man City but it could have been a lot worse with a bigger margin. In the first half, Foden has a header towards goal that was parried away by Onana, but United can see the penalty as Hoyland drags Rodri to the ground. Let's be honest, it is a bit of a soft one, but by the letter of the law, it's the right decision. Upsteps Haaland and he finishes clinically in the bottom corner. No chance for Onana with regards to that chance there. McTominay was close to opening the score sheet for United as he smashes the shot from inside the box. Great save by Edison. City respond with another effort on goal as Bernardo Silva chips the ball from the left-hand side into the 60-yard box. Haaland applies a bullet header on goal, but Nana produces a flying save to keep the Norwegian striker from scoring his second goal of the game, which was a great save by the goalkeeper. But in the second half, it was like deja vu. As the same move was executed again, uh, but with a different outcome this time. Haaland was able to hit the back of the net with a header. And then moments later, Haaland goes through on goal to try to claim a hat-trick, but was denied um, by Onana, who blocked his shot. But in the end, City make it 3-0 as Haaland becomes provider by screwing the ball to Foden, who hits the back of the net from close range. So overall, a solid performance from Man City, and a deserved one, to be fair. But from Manchester United's perspective, forget the result. The performance was simply shocking. They didn't really compete or show any drive or determination to make it a competitive game, which is always a worrying sight. And it's normally an indication that the manager has lost the dressing room. Honestly, I think this is exactly the case. And Ten Hag's position as Manchester United manager is certainly under fire. I don't think the team has progressed under Ten Hag. In fact, I think it's regressed and aren't playing with any unity or identity right now. That's a worry as a fan if you're not sure how your team will play when you watch them week in, week out. Whenever United lose, people like Gary Neville always have a point in terms of showing that it's the ownership's fault. Let's make it clear. There are definitely some flaws with their ownership, but this has nothing to do with the result. They hired Ten Hag almost 18 months ago. And let's be honest, many of us, including myself, thought that it was a fantastic appointment and he was probably the best coach available in European football. He's recruited players that he believes will take United to a new level. So I don't hear that, you know, the manager wasn't backed. He certainly was. He spent the most money in the Premier League. But let's be honest, the reason that United aren't doing great is down to poor recruitment. The manager seems to be calling all the shots at the club. There is no real direction in terms of director of football there. So with that regards, he should be held accountable, not the owners. Gary Neville also makes a point about the philosophy at the club that it's not there and it should come from the top. Well, that actually comes from the manager as well. Prime example is Tottenham's manager, Andy Postacoglu. In such short space of time, you can see the difference in Tottenham's style of play. 
because the manager has a philosophy and identity of how to play football. This is why Spurs fans are loving it right now, and rightly so. They should be jubilant about how their team is doing because Postacoglu has brought back real attacking football um, to Spurs. This is what was expected from Ten Hag, and quite frankly, he's failed. There's no shame in saying this, but maybe the appointment was the wrong choice and Ten Hag is just not built for this level. Just like the players he signed as well with the likes of Anthony Onana as well. Well, Van der Beek was signed beforehand, but the players from the Dutch league haven't been successful. Ten Hag's favourite quote in his first press conference was, areas come to an end, where well, it looks like his era as Manchester United manager could come to an end very soon, in my opinion. But that remains to be seen in terms of if that ever happens. Let's go on to the next fixture. Arsenal versus Sheffield United. Another easy day in the office for Arsenal as they annihilate Sheffield United 5-0. The star of the show was obviously Eddie Nketiah, who scores a fantastic hat-trick. He opens the score sheet with a nice touch and a left-foot finish. Then for, the, for his second goal, he smashes the ball with a half-volley into the corner. But the third goal was the best of the bunch as he hits a thunder shot from 25 yards into the top bins. What a way to complete your hat-trick. Arsenal are awarded with a penalty as Fabio Vieira was fouled from behind by Norwood, which obviously was the right call there. So he steps up and scores his first goal of the season. And then Tommy Asu gets a rare goal, scoring from a corner to make it 5-0. Easy work for Arsenal, as I said. More concerns added to Sheffield United campaign in the Premier League, who are still looking for their first win. And honestly speaking, it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. So worrying times if you're a Sheffield United fan. On to the next fixture, Crystal Palace versus Tottenham, which ended 2-1 uh, to Tottenham as they made the trip to South London and got walked away with all three points. Palace had an early chance in the game with a snapshot from Eduard, but Vicario makes a fantastic save to deny the striker. Richardson had a team effort moments later. Didn't really go on target. It pretty much knocked the camera behind the goal. So it shows you what kind of impact he had on the pitch. But Spurs managed to get on, on the score sheet through an own goal as Madison hits a volley across the six-yard box. And unfortunately for Ward, uh, he wasn't able to clear the ball away and it ended up in the back of the net. Spurs make it 2-0 as Madison plays a through ball to Johnson who then squares it to Son and he finishes in style with his left foot around the six-yard box. Palace did get a consolation goal with a fantastic half volley from IU, but at that stage, it was too little, too late to make a comeback. This win puts Spurs two points clear at the top, and what a great start they're having to the season, and they are certainly exceeding everyone's expectations. So if you're a Spurs fan, I'm sure you're saying long may it continue. Next fixture, Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest. Liverpool got the job done as beating um, Nottingham Forest was... Quite an easy uh, fix, I would say, on paper. But I felt like we did a great job in terms of how he performed. The damage was pretty much done in the first half as Liverpool took the lead. Um, Salah lays the ball to Nunes. He smashes it towards goal. Matt Turner parries it away. But unfortunately for him, the ball ends up with Jota, who hits the back of the net. Nice touch from Jota uh, in terms of his celebration as the team... Uh, lifted up a shirt with DS7 on the back to show solidarity. Um, as we discovered the horrible news uh, regarding Luis Diaz's parents who have been kidnapped in Colombia. The latest update is that Luis Diaz's mum has been freed and rescued by the police. 
But unfortunately, there are fears that his father has been smuggled into Venezuela, which is across the border from Colombia. So the search continues as the police and military have been put in place and they are seeking information from the public. So our thoughts and prayers are with Luis Diaz and his family during this, this distressing time. And we hope to hear some good news very soon. But back to the game. Liverpool get their second goal as Salah presses to Bozlai. Um, and then he squares it to Nunes and Nunes hits a left foot shot, close range. And that was to Bozlai's first assist of the season, which I find a bit mind-boggling because he's such an important player in the team and pretty much is always involved in the build-up play. But here we are, first assist of the season for him. And then he gets his second as his long pass cuts through between the defender and goalkeeper to find Mo Salah and he hits the empty goal to make it 3-0. So a much better performance from last week's fixture against Everton. And a big mention has to go to Dominic Sabozla, who was sensational in this game. Pretty much ran the show and was everywhere on the pitch. Two assists to his name and, in my opinion, many more to come this season. Next fixture, Chelsea versus Brentford. Chelsea, a.k.a. Billy FC, got stung by the bees as Chelsea lost 2-0 to Brentford. It wasn't all Brentford in this game, to be honest with you. Chelsea had a lot of chances to open the score sheet. Madueke almost scored in the first half as his shot hit the crossbar from the right-hand side. Gallagher also had a pop towards goal, which was saved by the keeper. But Brentford opened the scoreline as Pinnock scores a header from Mbwemo's cross to make it 1-0. Now, in the last minute of the game, Chelsea have a corner and they're trying all their best to equalise to take something out of the game. The goalkeeper, Sanchez, leaves his goal to try and be an extra man in the attacking half for that corner. That simply backfired as the, go- as the ball is cleared away and Brentford are on the counter-attack with Morpé running down the middle of the park with pace. Sanchez is trying to run back on his heels, but Morpé finds Embremo, who scores a second goal and finds um, the empty net. So... A poor decision from the goalkeeper to go up for that corner. Some may say, you know, it's a tactic that's worked for teams in the past. I think at that stage, it's a bit of a risky one considering the goalkeeper has been on edgy form in the last few weeks uh, and also ended up costing the team in terms of increasing that scoreline. So back to the drawing board for Chelsea. A great win for Brentford. In terms of the other games, Bournemouth won 2-1 against Burnley. A huge win for Bournemouth as it gets them out of the relegation zone. Charlie Taylor scores a fantastic left forward volley from outside the box to give Burnley the lead. Uh, Semenyo gets the equaliser with a left foot strike. But Billing scores an outrageous chip from long range as Trafford was off his line. Great finish from the Danish midfielder. And that helps secure the win for the Cherries there. Wolves and Newcastle ending that's the 2-2 draw. What a thrilling game it was. Wolves came from behind twice to get a point. Callum Wilson opens the scoreline with an acrobatic goal. Lamina levels it with a diving header. Huang Hee Chang concedes the penalty. Callum Wilson steps up and just about scores from the penalty spot as Jose Sar gets a big hand on the ball, but enough, not enough to parry it away. But Huang Hee Chang makes up for that mistake. Um, by scoring the equalising goal in the other end with a great finish. Great point for Wolves and for me, certainly deserves something from the game. So 
a point well deserved for that fixture. West Ham lost to Everton at home. Huge away win for Everton as Calvert-Lewin scores a winning goal. West Ham will be annoyed with themselves as they had plenty of chances to score and possibly win the game. Everton are now 15th and out of the relegation zone, which is probably a good sight for them. Aston Villa beat Luton Town 3-1. That's Villa's 12th consecutive home um, win. What a record that is for Aston Villa. Goals coming from McGinn, DRB and an own goal from Lockyer. Villa, I guess, returned the favour with an own goal from, from the goalkeeper Martinez. Brighton drew 1-1 to Fulham. Points were shared at the IMX Stadium. Ferguson opens the scoreline with a left foot finish. And Palina gets the equaliser with a great finish from outside the box. So that's a roundup of match week 10. And before we conclude the show, we will announce the FPL manager of the week. And that goes to Adek Referee. And your team is Manusia Silva. And you managed to gain 101 points uh, this week. So well done to you. I checked the league standing today. You're 150th in our league. So you're towards the bottom half. But hopefully that score will transcend into climbing further up in the table. So we'll see how you perform it over the next few weeks. I scored 74 points and climbed up to 60th, which is progress. But for me, a lot of work needs to be done in order to be right at the top. Let's quickly have a look at the league table to see where everyone is uh, currently standing. So top of the league right now is uh, Pasaruan Mania, which is Siamik Soro. So that's a new person at the top of our table. So well done to you. Uh, Kinder Bremo is Jake Harrison's uh, team. He's in second place. You've got Ibrahim Rashid, Jordan Smith, Nana Sare, uh, Sebastian Tunic, so Bamu Kun. Huayna Malik, who's my missus, so she's doing well for our household right now. So you've got Dr. Isa, Vipin, uh, Free Palestine. Free Palestine, indeed. Uh, that is the message that I will always shout out in every one of my shows. Um, then you've got Daniel Efali, Dramina, Catch Me Outside. So, you know, I'm all the way at the bottom here. So, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got 599 points um, and the leader has 661. So, Something I can make up if I have a good week, but I need to be a lot more consistent and I actually need to update my team um, and not leave it until last minute or forget to do one week and then end up missing out on, on the current week. But, you know, might start need to add a reminder on my phone to, to do that stuff. But that concludes the show for today. So thank you for tuning in uh, for everyone. Uh, if you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe. In terms of upcoming show, a lot going on this week. Tomorrow we'll be doing a match preview show of Liverpool, Bournemouth versus Liverpool, as it's an away fixture of the Carabao Cup tie. And then I will also be doing an FC24 um, show tomorrow as well, um, continuing my career mode journey uh, with Liverpool. So make sure to tune in. And then Wednesday we'll have a match reaction of that Bournemouth and Liverpool game. And then we'll also have a match preview on Thursday as well. So until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Goodbye.